hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch anime chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Eh, sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, Listen up, fanboys! Lord Greystoke. It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast. And here is your host, Derek McCall. Thank you for that lovely tribute to the 100th anniversary of Tarzan. This is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. And we are podcasting on Thursday, November 15th. Happy birthday, Michael Goodson. You won't hear this Aww. for another couple of years. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we're here from the Brett Cave on Thursday, 2012, November 15th, the Ides of November. Nothing really important happened no, 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 there. Not really. Uh, but to my right, my fabulous announcer. I am Dade Costa. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. It's, 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 it's night. Good evening, everybody. All right. And, uh, and across from me, podcast producer and moral compass. Timelessly yours, Rick Brett Snyder. Huh. That's cute. And haunting. In perpetuity yours. <laughs> All right. So if you are listening to us, of course, you can you can pick up the Fanboy Planet podcast on the Stitcher app. Uh, let's do it on Stitcher. You can pick us up on iTunes. If you do so, please tell a friend. And do take the time to rate us and subscribe. Or you can find us at www.fanboyplanet.com. And so, let us talk about what we have this evening. Oh, that Stitcher app is available for the iPad, the iPhone, and Android devices. Is it? Yes, it is. Is it available on a PC? I don't know. You can go to Stitcher.com on a PC. I guess that's why. All right, yeah. yeah. I'm still confused by the need for programs versus apps and on what device and so forth. So, you know, we're doing it. Technology. Oh, it's a lovely thing. Anyway, let's talk. We've got a lot about uh, for comics tonight. We've got to uh, talk about uh, what the heck is going on with John Constantine, and it has Constantine. Nothing, and, and it has nothing to do with Keanu Reeves. Uh, what's <laughs> up with the Joker? Hey, how, what's going on with Marvel now? Let's talk about what uh, last week was the fifth of November. Remember, remember, and David Lloyd would like you to remember something else. So we'll talk about that. That's V for Vendetta co-creator. And, uh, ooh, there's a serial killer coming to Marvel. Then in movies, we'll talk about Star Trek, and in a couple of different ways, The Hobbit, Oz the Great and Powerful, Transformers 4, and what is Cinemark doing to make us all stop acting like jerks at the movie theater? And then in television, some news from England, some news from Italy, and hey, let's talk about Arrow and Walking Dead, and then there's a little bit of games we want to talk about, but first, I think I'd love to watch a show called Arrow Walking Dead. Arrow Walking Dead. Uh, isn't that what, what Daryl does? <laughs> <That's> Daryl. Uh, <laughs> it's Daryl. Arrow walking dead. Um, he's the archer. Um, so, uh, but first we've got some fan mail, so give me... Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Give me something. Come on. It's not a caddy. We've got fatty mail. Have, have you thought about taking something for that allergy problem you have? It's just But I have a stuffed up nose. Is that what you're talking about? That's what I'm talking about. Uh, this is American Adele. 
All right. Well, that's, that's... my Ryan Seacrest impersonation. <laughs> wow. Wow. Is that what Ryan Seacrest sounds like? Well, that's what he sounds like. I, there's a call from you for you from Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> I don't think he sounds like that. He, oh. he, he's not happy with the tribute. That's but my, to be fair, my radio announcer voice. But Derek. to be fair, you do. You are like the size of three Ryan Seacrest. That is Perhaps. probably that's accurate. So we got a letter from Rob Cortaway. Rob Cortaway. We haven't heard from Rob for a while. So he was catching up because uh, I just want to say I really enjoyed your coverage and commentary on the Disney acquisition of Lucasfilm in episode 287. The emergency episode. I appreciate that he numbers our episodes. Don't we do number the episodes? We do, but that he references specifically the number. <laughs> exactly. That's so, nice. So we're not confused. That's right. That's not helping, but it's still okay. Uh, it was very enlightening. Ironically, I was at Disney World the day of the press release after having just gotten off a Disney cruise. Awesome. Hurricane included at no additional cost. So it is all Disney, Disney, Disney right now, and that's okay. That's right, Rob. It's going to be okay. okay. Um, We're all just going to eventually get bought out. In fact, I would gladly sell the Fanboy Planet podcast to the Disney Corporation as long as they kept all of us on board. That's right. And gave us all the mice we could eat. I could finally be a cast member. Totally. Is that your life goal, too? Okay. Can you no. spin cotton candy? Probably. Okay. It doesn't look very, I mean, come on. <laughs> How hard could it be? <laughs> exactly. I could be Mickey. So, I could be Goofy spinning uh, oh, cotton candy. Oh, yeah. Gosh, this is difficult. <laughs> that sounds more like Walter Brennan somehow. <laughs> I was like, gosh. All right. But anyway, and we got another email from Alexis Fajardo. You remember who that is? Alexis Fajardo. Do I? You do. Creator of Kid Beowulf. Yes. Ooh. Okay, and so he says, as a friend in the comics arts world and past supporter of Kid Beowulf, I wanted to let you know that I've launched a Kickstarter to help fund the third book in the series, Kid Beowulf and the Rise of El Cid. Sadly, I can't go the traditional publishing route since my publisher's unfortunate demise last year, so I bought back the rights to Kid Beowulf, and I'm trying the crowdfunding option to keep the series moving forward. I'll be running the campaign through November, and if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to ask. Anything you can do to help spread the word is greatly appreciated. And I'm reading that out as a letter because I didn't have time this week to get back to Alexis and see if we could get like an interview in or something. But I do want to say, yes, we want to help get the word out, and that's on the Kickstarter campaign there for Kid Beowulf, B-E-O-W-U-L-F. It's not the post-apocalyptic Beowulf appearing in Sword of Sorcery in DC's new 50... 50- it is instead an original take. It's not bad. <laughs> I mean, there's room enough for multiple Beowulf. That sound before. effect meant new 50 poo, guys. Oh, is that, is guess, that what it meant? Oh, that was you and not you. No, it was me. Was, um, and, so here it is. I've got it right up here. Oh, thank you. I uh, See, I don't know how, how do you put, you put the links up uh, 14 yeah, days can, ago. you can link directly to it. Okay, so I'll, I'll find that and put that up on the website. Absolutely, Alexis, because... You could even take his video and put it up on Fanboy Planet. Oh, we'll do that, because I really enjoyed Kid Beowulf. And in fact, I believe that you, Rick, were the one who first uh, bought it and told me about it. Yep. And uh, so, uh, for those not in the know, Kid Beowulf is a graphic novel series in which uh, young Beowulf discovers that he is actually Grendel's brother. And before he goes to do that final confrontation with Grendel... He travels the world learning about his place in it and crosses over with the epic poetry, the, the epic heroes of uh, other major cultures. So uh, I'm so, the second one, I believe, was uh, Kid Beowulf and the Song of Roland. Yes. The first one was just Kid Beowulf and right. told the story of how he got put on his quest. Then uh, so with Roland, which I believe is France's uh, epic, and then El Cid is uh, the historical epic of Spain. 
And I don't know. A knight named Rodrigo Diaz. Yes, I I love the Charlton Heston film. Charlton Heston, Sophia Loren. And it's beautiful. The art looks great. There's... uh, I, I like his style. Always looks good. It's getting, I like his style. I actually think it's maturing a little bit. Uh, um, I would hope. But there's just so much happening in every one of these panels. I mean, uh, there's, you know, there's a blue pencil. Oh, and that's ink, beautiful. Ink it's, bit with it's really fun. A tavern. Uh, I he pulls a, the camera back. For it's a great. Uh, it's a great graphic novel series for kids. It's a great, you know, family book basically. And there are rewards. So if you, uh, if there's you, always a reward. Well, the, the way Kickstarter goes, you pledge at certain levels and you get certain things. No, I understand because I want to say that I finally uh, ki- uh, pledged, and a project that I pledged money to is actually going to happen. Excellent. Oh. What was that? The Goon movie. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yes. I, I contributed. I am an executive, 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 executive producer. Excellent. Uh, I'm going to get a t-shirt. Will you be in the credits of the film? I don't know. I don't care. I'm going to get a t-shirt. A Goon t-shirt? A Goon. Or just a random a t-shirt? A Goon. I kickstart a t-shirt. Yeah, it's a, it's a Hanes. It's an undershirt. Uh, it's a large, <laughs> beefy tee. So this is, this is actually- It breathes. For as little as $15, you can get PDFs of all three books. By pledging for this Kickstarter. Then I believe I will do that. And then uh, $25, uh, you get PDF and hard copy of book three. And it goes up to like 150 But there are, he's actually got um, photos here of sculptures of the characters that are. are $135, you yeah, can get an action if you're, figure. If you're at the $135 level. Uh, so. I uh, I don't looks think, like a good project. I'll probably uh, I don't it. think I will, but that's uh, I, I I will I will definitely do, pledge some money that way. Yep. So uh, anyway, so that was that was it. I just wanted to shut that out, and we'll do some we'll do some follow up on the on the uh, website. And uh, so uh, that is all I have to for letters. So let's get into some comics news. All right, I wanted to check in because I was so beautifully creeped out this week, uh, and I know Rick had a chance to catch up. Uh, a little bit and read Batman number 14, Scott Snyder's latest installment in Death of a Family. Nate, did you have a chance to read that? Not yet. The Joker's plan uh, revealed a little more fully, uh, hinted at in issue number 13. If that's his real plan. Oh, I think it is. I don't know. He's the Joker. That's true. But uh, as it is, I'm sure there's more to it because it's clearly... uh, I have long felt because, because of reading American Vampire, Scott Snyder is one of your more, shall we say literate writers and try and putting a lot of layers into a work that I don't think superhero comics often get, mm-hmm. you know, Grant Morrison has his meta ideas going, but this is definitely layered upon layered and you can still follow the story. But I think that it's going to be one of those that at least Scott Snyder's issues will be worth rereading to see, Oh, did you play vast clue? Is this, this visual cue to this theme, to this yep. motif? Um, there's a lot going, and as you say, the artwork on it is incredible as well. Just, it's, it's amazing stuff. The, some of the some of the uh, the depth of some of the full page illustrations is just incredible. Yeah. So one and uh, wait, who is that? Greg Capullo is that? Mm-hmm. Is that still Greg Capullo on uh, Batman number fourteen? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yep. yeah. Oh yeah. Yes, it is. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, and along with that, though, I truly not necessary in order to enjoy what Scott Snyder is doing. Batgirl number fourteen with Gail Simone uh, writing this week, has kind of a parallel plot with the Joker that uh, was really well laid out. And I hadn't read Batgirl in a while, and so I'm feeling like, well, maybe the next time the trade gets collected, you know, for one through... Well, they did one through six. I might have to pick up one through six and seven through 12 because as trades because I feel like I've missed out on some solid stuff that I didn't expect to be there. Yeah. 
So it's it's kind of funny. I would, we didn't talk about this, but the storyline here where they're involving the entire Bat family, mm-hmm. the the allies. Batman at one point says yes. allies. Um, they just recently did that with the Court of Owls business, right. bringing them all in. And I'm trying to think, how often has this recurred in Batman history where he's brought in everybody involved in it? And the one I was thinking most before that was the uh, the contest for the cowl uh, when Batman died back into time. Yeah, but Batman wasn't there. That wasn't his... It was, um, right, but it know, did involve... The storyline involved all the different characters. There have been a know. lot of major events that have brought in all the different characters, but this one has a different sense of... The only one, other one I could think of was uh, the uh, Gotham. Um, what was it? The, the the earthquake and the the. Uh, oh, um, no man's land. No man's land. No man's land. Um, yeah, Nightfall didn't in, in, involve them all. I mean, it did, but it didn't. Um, now, Bruce Wayne uh, murderer also included okay. uh, all of them, which was not too far after No Man's Land. No, yeah. it wasn't. That's the thing is we got exhausted by all that, and I realized that it happened again in Court of Owls, but. I'm going to admit, I didn't read Court of Owls. Um, and like out of out of Nightfall, they spun a character that I, I realized this week is like, uh, Talon, yeah. the, the rogue member of the Court of Owls who's going to become a superhero. It's like, well, isn't that really what we did with Asriel? Yeah. Um, haven't we seen that before? Uh, but, you know, Batgirl, to put a push on that, there's a female Asriel in the Batgirl series. Oh. And is she called Asriel? Uh, archetype kind of thing. Uh, it's an archetype, but she's wearing the same um, outfit that he originally had. When Interesting. He, so, um, you know, she's done a good twist. If you're going to take this new 52 and that's a character nobody really wants to find room for, she found a way to bring it back without Just violating saying, earlier. Yeah. yeah. So it's clearly somebody who's a knight of the Order of St. Dumas. And I believe before New 52, they did try to bring, they had brought another Azriel back because Jean-Paul Valet had, had died. Uh, that so was during was a, uh, Battle for the Cowl, I believe. Yeah, okay. I thought I had seen uh, seen another one. So, um, anyway, this is this is good. Last week, as I the we had this issue with John Constantine. I believe many people have have crowed like, "Oh, Constantine is in the New Fifty Two universe," but that's nice. He's coexisting because Hellblazer is Vertigo's longest running book, and then it's like, "Oh, we all cursed the book by saying oh, it's the longest running book," and I swear to God. The last conversation I had with Andy Mead, who was the uh, previous owner of what is now Elusive Comics and Games, when for a couple of months, not legally, but unofficially and appreciatively in my heart, his comic book shop was called Fanboy Planet. Um, that uh, The last conversation I had like a month ago was like, oh, I'm kind of digging the new 52, just as long as they don't ca- cancel Hellblazer. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, I, left Andy. It, I left it to <laughs> Anna to break the news to him. <laughs> The Hellblazer had been canceled. Um, and it, it was somewhat of a controversial move, although some people have told me that, and I'll admit I haven't read it in a while, that uh, Peter Milligan had not been, it, it would just be kind of going dipping in quality. But but that's happened throughout. It's a three, it's going to get to issue 300. It's like, it's actually Hellblazer is unexpectedly the, the highest numbered book on the stands. Yes. And so, nope, hey, it went to be 300. No, no, no. no. We're not allowed to make it past twenty four. I think it actually costs one. more when they get into the three digits. I think. Maybe you think so. It's yeah, like it's, it's like yeah, printing, printing. Oh, print. printing. Okay, because it's have to leave room for that extra a premium digit. these days. <laughs> well, no, it can't be because they're canceling uh, Hellblazer to put a mainstream New Fifty Two version of the character out there in a book called Constantine. 
Although, see, I say Constantine, but I'm going to say it's probably more in line with the Keanu Reeves version of the character. We'll call it Constantine, the one that's been appearing in <laughs> Justice League Dark and is more fit for a mainstream superhero. Kids, if you're confused by all this, just let it ride. It's okay. It's like Watchmen versus The Watchmen. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, but, I want to see that book. But but the but the John Constantine that's in the New Fifty Two is younger. He's not as grizzled. He doesn't have the history. He just has. He's roguish, but he's not. It, you know, it, it is clearly a much younger version than what's been going on in the Vertigo universe, mm-hmm. and that's been the flagship book of the Vertigo uh, imprint for some time. And so it doesn't bode well for Vertigo as a separate as a separate imprint. But Dan DiDio swears, no, we we love. We love Vertigo. Constantine, but what we really love is, I think this ties in with what we talked about on the podcast from uh, Convolution, that <coughs> Guillermo del Toro is uh, willing and interested to develop a film with Rebel, DC with the DC supernatural, supernatural characters. characters. So uh, that that's that that's coming. That you need a Constantine that fits more in with. Well, I think that one of the things is they just want to get the name of the book out there as the character, so you don't get people saying, "Hey, I want to I, who's this Hellblazer guy?" You know, it's right, like it's right, not, right. It doesn't. It's not the right thing. Plus, with Constantine, you can kind of do more things with that as a character. They don't have to. They don't have to all be occult based, or you know, it's not all Hellblazer. Well, he has met Superman. You're right, but I mean, yeah. but I don't know. I haven't been reading Justice League Dark, so I don't know what the, what the supernatural has been nobody at this table has all right so saving my money <laughs> well so it's not really worth it uh <laughs> let's comment on what you can do with hell with john constein now that he's not in hellblazer a lot of things that we're not going to pay the money to read so yeah. we don't know um, well, i might buy that I mean, well he's younger and he's a lot more heartthrobby and that's the thing is it's it's more like the other thing i i, I commented in the article on fanboy planet is he's more in line like you could now start a CW series about Constantine. Oh. You know, you could totally Supernatural's got to be coming to an end right? Because right? he's, you know, he's younger, he's blonde, he's got a trench coat, and he's got a wicked way, and the scar's a lot smaller. In fact, he's just slightly less scarred than the Beast on the stupid revamp of Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yeah. So, um, oh my gosh, he has a scar and his eyes glow. You're hideous. Yeah. Otherwise, you look exactly the same, but your eyes are glowing now. You're hideous. You beast. <laughs> what? That's what's happening. What what channel is that show on? CW. CW. Oh, really? So the Beauty and the Beast series was on CBS. This is like a direct right. remake of that series that Ron Perlman was in where yeah. he was Vincent. That was awesome. With the lion face. That was yeah. a great show. So now, no, this is a guy who was at, at war in uh, Afghanistan or Iraq, and they did genetic experimentation, and they gave him animal DNA. So when he gets mad, a scar goes uh, across his face. Just across his cheek, like a tear, the tear caused by the separation from from the beauty that he will always have, and his eyes glow. So, and he acts a little more feral, and so it's like. So he's kind of like what was the the show set in Seattle? Uh, the woman who was part cat, um, Dark Jessica, Angel, Jessica Alba's, Jessica Alba, uh, James, James Cameron's, Cameron's show, yeah, Dark yeah. Angel. Um, so basically, yeah, it's it, it, this is what we've come to as a very shallow society. Because the thing is, let's face it, you took off Ron Perlman's lion makeup, he still looked like Ron Perlman. <laughs> <He> did. <laughs> they go, no, no, really take the no, makeup no, off. Go, 
Um, you know, but does it, this doesn't have the the cool thing about the original Beauty and the Beast was they had that underground city and all those additional. Yeah, characters. this doesn't have any. Doesn't of that. have any of that. Doesn't have any of that. Yeah. It's it's all about. You're really selling me on the show. No, yeah. we're we're warning well, you. Warning you off. It's starring <laughs> it's Kristen, a PSA. Kristen Kroik, who set Lana Lang back a hundred years, and oh, yeah. Lana Lang's only been fi- around fifty years. Yeah. Uh, so she's playing the same character. Oh yeah, no, just I'm a different name because she only has three facial expressions. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is a podcast. I, I'm sorry. It was a good visual, though. Come on. You <laughs> got to give it to those me. Those were good. I did look like those Kristen Craig for a second. You did. You were. You were hey, hey, listeners at home, chew on that. Spot on emoticon. <laughs> uh, let's face it. No one on that show was all that good. Enough. My buddy watched the first episode. I didn't know it was Beauty and the Beast. He's like, I just saw some show with Lana on it. And she was like, Lana again. <laughs> Let's get back to comics because those suck. Um, speaking of making everything old and new again, all new X Men number one, the uh, series from Marvel now. Can I just say Marvel? Um, yes, it's, yes. Just, okay. it's still Marvel. So comics. Brian Michael Bendis and Stuart Immonen, in which the original five X Men are going to come back from their teenage selves, come forward in the future to look at what has happened to their legacy and vomit for twelve issues before we reestablish the uh, status quo. Oh my gosh. Does that sound exciting? <laughs> and occasionally speak in mammoth-like dialogue because I, Brian I, Michael Bendis is writing it. I, it's a pre-furry beast, too. Yes, which so, gets commented upon. That's like, be. yeah, Hank McCoy meets Hank McCoy and goes, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> so, what uh, did wait I do? And I'm going to turn into that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, that's it. That's it's impossible. Pretty, chicks dig it. Uh, actually, I read it and I I thought the premise actually worked better in context of the book. Than I thought. My only problem with with it was that I jumped from reading Uncanny Avengers number one, in which there was a certain status quo among the mutants, to getting to this number right. one. And I thought, and this is my mistake, I realize this. I thought that the point behind Marvel now was that I didn't have to buy every first issue. That was the promise. That's that w- your huge blunder. Wait, are you telling? I know. Are you telling me Marvel promised me something and lied to me again? Worked for Jeff Johns. That still hurts. That really still hurts. No. Brightest Day means something, Rick. It redefined heroism for the 21st century. And those stories will never go away. Those will always be stories you can go back and read. They just don't matter anymore. I don't have time. I don't have time. Okay, also, there's a reboot of Fantastic Four, and I was hoping that you'd get a chance to read it because I know how much you love the Jonathan Hickman run. Yes. And it's the brought Hickman to a close. Run was awesome. And now it's uh, Matt Fraction or Rick yeah. Remender? Matt, Matt Fraction, Fraction on Fantastic Four. So maybe let's table that. And I know next week we'll take Thanksgiving off. We want to spend it with our families, right? Yes. 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 Okay, I mean, right? Yes. Right? Yeah. I, mean, I, I do. I don't know. I, okay. Yeah. I don't know okay. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I could. Yeah. I might just pretend to talk into a recorder for like an hour. My children will stare at me like, Dad, what's wrong? <laughs> We're podcasting. We're podcasting. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> it be like Rick with his phone. <laughs> Go to the corner store and get Daddy his co- Coke Zero. Um, so, um, anyway. Daddy, you hate it when you drink. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Daddy drinks a lot. Okay. So, uh, when we return after Thanksgiving. Yes. Uh, maybe we'll have all read Fantastic Four number one, and oh, you, Rick, and you, Rick, could give the best report as how does it yeah. hold up as a as a launching point after the the run on it that is arguably one of the best. Well, we should comment because that last uh, issue that Hickman did, I haven't read it yet. Oh, you bastard! <laughs> Don't you call him that? 
I have met his father, oh. a lovely man. Oh. I'm two, two issues, two FFs. Okay, and two uh, Fantastic without Four without being specific, some of us have was, day jobs. It was a wonderful. <laughs> it was a wonderful <laughs> period on the end of a beautiful sentence that he wonderful. wrote for Fantastic Four. I interviewed him yes. at Image Expo. Wonderful. Did you have a good time? It was great. I'm friends with him on Facebook. Oh. oh. Which that's wonderful. We now know from Big Bang Theory, that's like being really, you know, yeah, like your best friend. It is. Yes. Uh, so, I wonder what he's going to get me for Christmas. <laughs> um, the right to spend three ninety nine on his <laughs> next book. Um, and I just got an email just a, uh, a couple hours before we started the podcast uh, that uh, one of those mar- wonderful Marvel Now teasers where it was like a just a logo, a sound effect. Snicked. Uh, our Who team, could that be? Well, ah, but here's the thing. The art team is Paul Cornell and Alan Davis, and we were saying it could be X-23. That was my guess. Yeah, that was a good guess, Rick. I really feel like that was a good guess, and I realized I should check on to our Facebook page while we're talking about this and see to if see if anybody, anybody responded. I posted early this morning that we were going to podcast tonight, and uh, 29 people read that, and the insights are that nobody cared. Okay, uh, no, uh, it was, uh, we reached, what does this mean, 29, oh, 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 I see, 29 organic, 29 people did indeed read it, Right. but uh, they said, we'll just trust us. Okay, so we're, we're being trusted tonight to come up with our own itinerary, good, because I still have more to say. Uh, and of course today, uh, yesterday, Rick and I were both pleased to see, and I'm assuming you did too, that I expected Saga to take a longer break, and it did not. Issue number seven hit the stand yesterday. I got it. But Saga is it back. Uh, Saga is back and still just mind-blowingly awesome. Just mind-blowingly It's quite awesome. a striking cover. It really is. Oh. I, I, I think some things are coming clearer. But it's still like you know, for every one, <laughs> for every one answer he gives, three questions come up, yeah. and it's it's great. It's just so. Um, again, we've raved enough. I mean, no, we haven't, but we'll continue. I hope everyone bought the trade for nine dollars and ninety nine cents. Fantastic! I'm going to give it to people for Christmas. Should mention this is week. This is the end of the boys. This is the seventy second issue of the boys, which draws it all to a close. Okay, and actually, they've been working up on a really big ending to this for the last dozen or so issues. Everybody flies into a giant, giant toilet. toilet. That's <laughs> what's on the cover. It's all the superheroes going down the toilet, which was you know it's kind of thematic for the book, but um, right. The stories actually had some really interesting twists. It's one of those that I I let life follow. I'm going to catch up now. That it's all done. I'll, yeah. I'll probably catch up and really enjoy. Uh, we should again mention, just because uh, I believe I'm going to be able to go and cover, that on uh, Wednesday, December 19th, That's Derek right. Robertson, the artist of The Boys and the artist on Happy with Grant Morrison, will be signing at our, our former base of podcasting, Elusive Comics and Games. So do check that that signing out. It'll be great. And then uh, I believe afterwards, he and I will retire to a cor- corner with go. a cocktail. And with my little recorder, we'll do a small interview to go on to the podcast. Another so. drunken comic book professional. I'm hoping a little more focused than with James <laughs> Robinson. Shh, I mean, we name names. Dang it. Um, I didn't say it. Oh, no, I did. It's my fault. I also wanted to mention that, uh, uh, you know, as I said, V for Vendetta co-creator David Lloyd launched, as many people are doing, is they're seeing that digital is the wave, um, has launched a service online called Aces Weekly. So a weekly book Again, I, I think for American audiences, the slight drawback to it 
and sorry, it is a slight drawback for what we're used to is it is weekly. It is serialized in the way that British comics would have been, but we don't read Beano and Dandy mm-hmm. and 2000 AD on a regular basis. I mean, th- it's had its audience, and I know you read 2000 AD, yeah. but it's not the mainstream way in which we have consumed. Indeed. But I did join. I did subscribe for 10 weeks, so it is a weekly, and there's some really great, great ideas uh, as, as an anthology, some really interesting interesting series where I'm seeing, but it is delivered in three-page increments each week. I thought about it and realized, well, it's like if I were to buy a book off Comixology, I would spend more money getting the same amount of story uh, through Comixology, even at, at a 99-cent. I'm certainly getting a lot for what it is. It's just each issue is three pages or no, each, no, no, story each story in the issue. So, so there's the about, I think there's, many? I think there are, uh, eight stories in each anthology. Okay. So in an average size issue. book. So an average size book, a little larger than average. Yeah. Coming out 10 weeks, 99 cents a week. Uh huh. Not bad, really. It's just a no. lot of short things. And some of the some of them are anthologies like there's a humor thing. There's a humor strip. So that's a three page. That story is done and out each yeah. week and, you know, g- delivering on its gag. And then, and it actually was really well done. Um, and then I haven't, I didn't get a chance to read everything uh, in, in the first issue, but I felt like, okay, good. I can go back and maybe have some time this weekend and catch, and, and catch forward to, I think they're up to the fourth week of it. Um, so it's good. Uh, you know, it's decent. It's just it's just not quite in the American format, and it is being based out of England. So I I, I do wonder if in England it's it's uh, it's more the format they expect. the readership will be will yeah. be a little stronger. But I do I, I do recommend it with that caveat that it's in, it's in a different delivery than we're used to, and it's yeah. done in the web browser. I don't know if he has an app yet, and that's if he's listening, and I doubt that he is, but. Um, that's what I would say is right now for an American consumption is you, really want to do, you need to be able to have the app so that you can just go, boom. I mean, that's the thing. Well, that you don't I have think to have your own specific app. You can partner up with somebody like Comixology or Right. You know. um, it, it is – that pricing is pretty much in line with DC's digital first line. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arrow, I think, is up to their sixth issue now. Right. You and can Smallville and, was doing that too. The 10th season uh, – the 11th season of Smallville was yeah. doing that in a sense. And there are a few books that – DC Digital's doing, and I think Marvel's doing some. I just haven't been as intrigued by what they're doing. The first issue of Arrow is available free. I did get that. Yeah. I haven't uh, read it yet. It's I, pretty good. Yeah, it's it's in keeping with the show. Like the show, the show yeah. is uh, I'm really enjoying. Oh, definitely. Okay, uh, and then uh, you and I were. I don't know if you got a chance to research this. We both uh, Hawken was that the name of the? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Title from Archaea. I think we should we should bring this up. At, uh, okay, uh, we're going to table this because there's yeah. a, there's a, uh, yeah Comicsology and Archaea and there is a video game company involved in this are going to be doing this big kind of crossover project and I think we need to investigate and it I didn't further. want to jump on it if you had already jumped on it that was why no no, no. I, I, I accept that confusion. anything with video games right now is look I just got this hot new game uh, Mortal Kombat versus the DC Universe, which I believe came out just three years ago. So you know, I'm. Uh, <laughs> I love that game. That's great. <laughs> oh, my son and I are having a great time. The playing best it. part about the game is all the DLC that we were promised. What? That did you, we get it? I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm no. Yeah. There was a ton of downloadable stuff. Like, oh yeah, Nightwing's gonna come out. Black Adam's gonna Never come did. out. Nobody was ever available DLC. I don't know that it sold that well. Did you play that on PlayStation or Xbox? Xbox 360. Okay. okay yeah. I think it sold pretty well. Uh, well uh, initially, it did. Okay. Um, and then did, did want to mention in the article, uh, <laughs> and a little bit of an article slash analysis will be on Fanboy Planet as of tomorrow, so 
whenever you get this up as of Friday. Um, that's not a rush. I'm just saying I know. Yeah. Um, is that uh, if you're going to be having withdrawals from the Dexter series on Showtime, Marvel has cut a deal and there's going to be a five-issue Dexter miniseries. I don't think it's going to be set in the mainstream Marvel universe, but it's also not set in the Showtime series universe. It's set in the universe of the novels, which has veered, uh, or I said the series, the TV series veered sharply from what was going on in the novels established in the first book, Darkly Dreaming Dexter. But this one is set where Dexter goes to his high school reunion and deals with the Skid Row killer. Uh, so, or Skid Row Slasher. So, <coughs> I believe it's a hair metal band who goes around killing people. Anyway. Interesting. Um, so, well, it's coming out in uh, in March with the art by the previous uh, artist on De- on Deadpool before Brian Posehn's. Did you get that Deadpool number one? I got it. I have not read it yet. Oh, um, I did not find it as yuck a page as I expected, like Brian Posehn. But, you know, but Brian Posehn is, is more of an alternative comic. He has a great sense of... Set up in situational humor. I liked the overall. And Tony Moore's art on this, much better than anything he did on X-Files or... Uh, um, the art is pretty good. The, the, oh, no, he's not the one on X-Files. It's the guy who replaced him with, uh, on Walking Dead. But but better than his art on, on Walking Dead. It's like clearly the chance to get a, a play out in the superhero universe and in color has... Uh, it's a Jeff, Jeff Darrow cover with Godzilla on it. I mean, that's all you got to say to sell me this really book. really Godzilla. But I, I do want to say, It Rick, sure looks like Godzilla. Rick, I used the AR. It worked, and it's better than than anything I had seen on the AR okay, before. Good. There's interviews with Brian Posehn. There's a feature explaining uh, who all the dead presidents are. There's And there's jokes. I mean, they, they, they really used it to a, to a degree that the other books that I had, I had seen it just did not do. It's just kind of hit and miss for me as to whether or not it was actually worth trying to oh, lay on my I, camera. And I, I, I agree with you. But, I, yeah. but actually, I, and I wonder if the AR thing is like if everybody's using it on like the day of, if it works really well. Because when I had gone to Avengers vs. X-Men number one, it was a pain. Like I was on the third printing. But this, like I went, boom, and everything popped up. Everything popped up. Yeah. Right away. So... Uh, should we go into movies, people? Let's do movies. Okay, let's let's start with some Star Trek excitement, uh, which is that it was announced uh, today, I believe, that if you are looking forward to Star Trek Into Darkness, and heck, who is not? I'm I'm I am. Yeah, yeah. I've got the Enterprise on my what's, shirt. Right what's what's Star Trek? Oh my God! Are you gonna are you gonna play that game? I like that shirt, by the way. Uh, thank it's hilarious. you. <laughs> yes. Um, so uh, for those of you who can't read our minds, Derek is wearing the classic black Star Trek. No, no. no. It says Star Wars number, above a picture of the Enterprise it says with Star Wars number one fan. Number one fan. And in between Star Wars and number one fan is a picture of the Enterprise. Yes. It's ironic because yes. it's not Star Wars. Because uh, of all things, I would not make the mistake. The Zorlak would not make the mistake. This shirt was a gift. Anyway, it's but a good gift. Well, it's, it's a fun. good gift. It's a repro of a classic misprint that was done overseas. Apparently, yeah. I am uh, in a t-shirt war with a coworker, and that's it. Is now like he said, "Here's a gift. Now you have to top it." I have raised the bar. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, now we well, have to set we have to set limitations on obscenity <laughs> for t-shirts, but you still have to. It has to be something you're willing to wear. <laughs> but uh, I'm I'm unbuttoning my shirt. No, don't. This is. My shirt today. Wow. Uh, Jabba's Paws. I know. I, I think you're a little... I'm so, I'm so done with that. Uh, you know. I, I, I don't think you can ever get too much. Of, of Slave Girl Leia? On, uh, this is, it's, it's just the, it's, it's the standard 
for Jabba's palace. It's not necessarily Leia. Uh, no, that's not. It's, it's not like the Leia. Hooters girl for Jabba and Jabba's oh. palace. She's the archetype. Uh, is that, isn't, don't you mean the Cy Snoodles girl? Perhaps. Yes, okay. Pull that out. Yeah. What were we saying about the Star Trek movie? <laughs> I don't know. Star Trek Into Darkness. Uh, the first nine minutes are going to get shown before The Hobbit. So if you... So, so you're going to go into The Hobbit. They're going to start showing the first nine minutes of Star Trek. You're going to cut off. You're going to be there. like, damn it, I want to watch Star Trek, Look, not The Hobbit. Oh, come on, this happens to me anyway. I go to the movies and they show so many damn trailers. And, and, and you're and going, what movie are you going to watch? And while you're even waiting for the alleged start time of the movie, you've gone through that first look. And uh, I forget, I, I can't tell you how many times I've honestly gone, am I older? They're just confusing me so badly that I've forgotten what I paid to see. Yes. I hope it's a good film. I hope it turns out to be one I wanted to enjoy. Exactly. I love previews. I like previews. But when I see six, and I've seen them all, um, you know, so... Uh, you know, I get, I get, I just get tired. But anyway, they're showing it with the Hobbit, and um, so that is a weird thing. But then they did that with um, Mission Impossible Four. Showed like the first six minutes of Dark Knight Rises, right? So oh, I just I love know. it when you go to a 3D one and they show you every possible 3D yeah. movie oh, that's yes, coming you know. out in the next two years. But 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 it's not. I mean, like weird things are becoming 3D. Like yeah. so, this week I saw the life. I saw not the life. It's just Life of Pi. Ang Lee's adaptation of the novel, of Ian Martell's novel. I thought, decent adaptation everything, but when I walked in and they handed me glasses, I was like, what? Really? This is in 3D? Why is this in 3D? Because they got the flying fish scene. Oh, the, and, and it's good. Yeah. Um, and there's animals. And so, you know, and, and we love seeing animals in 3D. 3D. Um, you know, and probably yeah, go right into the tiger's mouth. I do. Uh, actually, you do have a <laughs> shot like that. And I, I want to say, just like Hugo, Martin Scorsese used 3D truly in a way to as part of telling the story i will give ang lee this using that technology i still find him kind of a cold and restrained filmmaker uh-huh. uh along the lines of the joke that i admit you you made earlier is you know not once does pie become the hulk just like actually in his movie hulk you, you know it's two hours you keep waiting you for you keep, you keep waiting, waiting for, for pie to hulk out to hulk out uh but uh, but the technology is used well and the 3d is used to tell the story but it's you know so it's bizarre so i think it's possible that the star trek into darkness may only be with the 3d imax hobbit so it's not like you if you go to see it in a regular interesting well like last week uh, skyfall the early shows were only the imax ones they did the ones that at 10 p.m. on, oh, really? on okay. Thursday night and the midnight the shows. press previews. No, 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 not the press previews. I mean, on Thursday night, they opened Skyfall, only but it was only the, the IMAX. IMAX ones. Oh, it was only the IMAX screens. Mm. So they're trying to get an extra boost. Yeah. And not that they needed it Gotta because make it was that decent. paper. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So, uh, you know, and, and then the thing with Hobbit, too, which a list came out last week, is I don't think we've talked about this, that the Hobbit is actually, Peter Jackson filmed it in a whole new format 48 fps I mean frames per second so faster than the eye has has processed before um and so for the few people that have seen it i guess they showed half an hour in this format in vegas at the uh at the uh, exhibitors expo yeah and uh they said it is really amazing well that's the don't, don't know if everybody's going to appreciate it you but. know when when film first came out it was very low frame rate you know mm -hmm. for Eight 
frames per second. What was it like to watch that? Like? It was really tough, <laughs> but uh, but it all it all worked on a thing called persistence of vision, where the right. eye retains part of the image as it gets a new image. And now we're and too now, lazy to even do persistence of and vision. Now, we don't no, need no, it. But we're we're at a point where we're beyond any. I mean, there's still even at 16 frames. There's a little bit of that. But we're we're far beyond it. And I think we're at twenty four frames now. I I think I think the thing with forty eight is it's twice as fast as right as before. So we're at right. twenty four. Sixteen is sixteen, 16 millimeter. Well, sixteen was I mean for a long time, still. Anyway, the but the 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 point is, at what point do they go and you really you don't have the optical ability to discern? I want a, to a just difference. reach out and touch them. That's what yes. I want. That kind of realism. Yes. Okay. Uh, so, you know, that's coming, and I, and I thought that it was going to be very limited in its release, but like here in the Bay Area, I, I, it's like every theater I could think of that I would possibly go see The Hobbit at is showing it in 48. They released the, the list last week. So like almost all the AMCs, if not all the AMCs, all the Cinemarks, all, you know, all that. So, um... It'll well, be interesting to see if people respond to it's it. It's one of those things where they have to up- update the the uh, equipment there. It's I like think when di- so. When digital came out, there were there were theaters that were equipped for it, and those that weren't. Even at the centuries where they were divided up into three, there was only one of those mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that could actually show it in a, in a digital format, and they advertised it. I know that. everything is, yeah, yeah, right. So, I mean, everything caught up, and that's all right. And then we should mention on Star Trek news again, Star Trek The Next Generation uh, I believe it was July 23rd because it was, I think it was my birthday that they uh, showed two episodes from the first season of Star Trek The Next Generation in movie theaters mm-hmm. yep. to celebrate the Blu-ray release of season one. Yep. Season two is coming out on Blu-ray. And so on November 29th, Tuesday, in theaters all across the country, uh, is uh, two episodes from season two. Season two. So that is... You First one is Measure, Measure of a Man, man okay. which is the one about data going up uh, for trial at, uh, within the Federation to determine whether or not he had the right not to be disassembled to figure have for people to experiment on him. And the other one is Q Who... Which is one of the better Q episodes. When I Star think Trek met Dr. Seuss? I, Horton hears a... Right, Horton hears a Picard. Picard, That's yeah. beloved children's Horton classic. hears a Q-Hue. Yes. Data right. is talking. But I think, if, I, if memory serves, it's the one where, where uh, Q decides not to try and corrupt Picard, but to go after Riker. Okay. Um, well, I'll be interested to see. I didn't really watch anything from season two, so I'm considering, strongly considering going to see that i am too because i i also miss the uh the big screen version and but we should take this moment because speaking of movies that you've recommended and, and and gotten us into one-off screenings of uh the team behind iron sky got yes. to announce this week that they are make moving to hollywood and adapting a boom studios which do we should i'll try to reach out to ross ritchie and see if we can have a conversation uh, with it, one of their earliest uh, miniseries, and again, see if we can get you guys a copy. So, you can, if you haven't read it already, Jeremiah Harm. Harm. Yeah. So, uh, about a uh, a guy who was raised on a far off planet, believing he's the last human because Earth is long lost, and then discovering us to go back on a bounty mission to, to Earth, Earth and encounters other humans. And Alan planet Grant, forty seven. Alan Grant, who was one of the best writers on The Demon when it was at, in its heyday over at DC, and, and a great Batman writer. Is he the Batman. rhyming Demon writer? Uh, well, Alan Moore started that. Okay, uh, but he he was the guy I think that, 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 that at the craziest and best 
when like the demon took on Lobo, yeah, that kind of stuff. I think that was Alan Grant, and Alan Grant, I, I believe, also created Anarchy for Batman, who is uh, one of my favorite and most underused Batman villains. Um, partially because I think Alan Grant actually owns it. I think it's like a partially creator owned. He gets some credit, credits, so they don't want to use him as much. Ah, corporate politics. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, he created that with Keith Giffen. So it's kind of a, you know, Keith Giffen and his most uh, balls-to-the-wall creative, like going with alien stuff. So it should be interesting. And I think that's a good match of creative team cinematically because I thought Iron Sky held up a lot better as a film than, I, I mean, I, I thought it was going to be cheesy fun. Than the premise. Than the premise. Yeah. I yeah. thought it was going to be cheesy fun, and it was, don't get me wrong, but there was like a serious... I was actually bothered by some of the cheese cheesy jokes because I was so with the, because I was so caught up in yeah. like okay I want to believe this I, yeah. I mean I you know I once you got past that premise it's well like, the characters feel more real than you yeah, expect in a, I in was, a story like yeah, this so it, they weren't all characters so I would be I'm very interested to see did that. you watch the video preview for it no I did not check because what they've done is it's a it's not actually footage from the production it's, nor could it's, it be it's They're a not, they haven't started yet but it is a well developed um not yeah it's just a proof of concept thing but it's really really well done and that's something we should investigate you know research a little bit are these proof of concepts working because you know i can remember years ago that was a big thing and, and not to say oh we were at the forefront but when i was writing tony loco that was something that uh, co-writing with mark teague that that was something we did a trailer that was really great and we were thinking okay you know that that'll put us out there and that really works and i don't know if, if so many people are doing that and you say, like, did you have time to watch it? I'm like, no, I really didn't. And that was like, I got that two days ago? Yeah. Or it came out yesterday. So I've had 20 runs, but not had time to get back to it. And then I forget because uh, I got 10 other things. Well, you were already familiar with the, with the property, too. I did read it a long time so, ago. Yeah. And, I, and I, I got it as part of an Iron Sky mailing. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, Iron Sky. But see, I think this. it's really funny. By the way, you, you emailed me because the Iron Sky mailing before, boom. Send the email out to press. Ah, uh, interesting. So, like, three hours after I got your email, I went, oh, that's interesting. Okay, I wonder why I didn't get that. Then it showed up, boom, in my box. From, yeah. From boom. So, um, anyway, uh, yeah, yeah. apparently the Hollywood Reporter talked about the, all the Iron Sky people and everything, and they left out Alan Grant and Keith Giffen. But here at Fanboy mm-hmm. Planet, we, we care about in. the source material. We that's do. right. You know, so... Uh, creators. Creators. Recognize that the source is comic books. That's right. And speaking of the source and the source's original book that it's going to totally get ruined, um, Oz the Great and Powerful had a full-length trailer come out this week, and it's not ruined. It's fine. Sam Raimi directing uh, James Franco. So they're reunited. Harry Osborn mm-hmm. and, uh, mm-hmm. and Sam Raimi reunited. To uh, do a prequel to the film Wizard of Oz. Not a prequel to the book series. But they're definitely using a lot of concepts from the books. Because the China village, I can see, is in there. I don't know. Did you watch the the trailer? It looks looks very lush. No, I didn't actually watch the latest. I'd seen... They'd had some (coughs) earlier footage of it. This is the first... They say this is the first full trailer. But a lot of it is just expanding from a trailer that had been released before. Now, is it going to be... Prequel in terms of you know story 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 and the very end is Dorothy murdering that witch by dropping a house on her. No, I don't think so. I think uh-huh. everybody's much younger. There, the, there are three witches, and who's who? It's actually pretty obvious who who's who. That uh, um, Michelle Williams is Glinda. Glinda and uh, Glinda. No, because that's somebody else's concept. <laughs> Rick, it's still under copyright. Oh, uh, Mila Kunis is. Oh, really? One of the witches, 
Wow. <laughs> and um, Rachel Vice is. Uh, oh, nice. Okay. And the mystery from the trailer is which one of them goes green. Turns out, yeah, goes green because the green hands out. Hang the hang green out. comes out. Yeah, Sam Raimi when she gets, gets angry. Sam Raimi gets to it faster than Ang Lee. <laughs> I'm still waiting. I saw that movie eight years ago. I'm still waiting for the Hulk out. Uh, you know. So, okay. Thanks for letting me just be go on Hulking a out. stupid rant. Um, Look at the little green. Uh, mm, that's just because because uh, I had salsa. Uh, cilantro doesn't agree with me. Um, also, apparently, uh, there had been an internet thing saying, you know, if Michael Bay is going to make a Transformers 4, let's put Mark Wahlberg in the lead. Marky Mark! Well, he announced he's going ahead and putting Mark Wahlberg in the lead. In the lead. Totally getting rid of Shia LaBeouf, getting rid of everybody else About from time. the first three. Yeah. <coughs> Whatever happened to that guy? He no longer has a right hand, I think. <laughs> no, no, no. He just broke a couple fingers. No? Is that right? Uh, what? Oh yeah, that's why. That's why in Transformers Three, he's got a bandage no, on two, his. two, it was two where they transported into the desert and like he hurt his hand in the desert because he'd been drunk driving and oh. he broke his hand. Oh, wonderful! So in the middle of filming, they'd had to like come up with a, st- a plot reason why his hand was suddenly broken. Good yeah. job, Shia. Yeah, <coughs> should have involved Megan Fox. You'd like to think that, really. Uh, so is Marky Mark going to play Spike? I don't know. I don't know what he's playing. Wow. But what we do know is that the battle. Of Chicago, which took place at the end of what was Dark of the Moon. Dark Side of the Moon? Or was it Dark of the Moon? Dark Transformers of the 3. How about that? Transformers 3. Because Dark Side of the Moon is the uh, Pink Floyd album. It was Dark of the Moon. Okay. <laughs> um, this will take place four years after the ba- Battle of Chicago. So, so can, everything is perfectly rebuilt. Right. Undoubtedly. Uh, no, 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 so starting over, it might even be with new Transformers. That has been the long Ooh, rumored. I don't like that. Uh, well, didn't the actual like animated series do that? Didn't yeah, with Hot Rod, terrible idea. Okay, okay. So I'm sorry. Um, I I just know what they've told me because <laughs> uh, again, it's like GI Joe. I just don't have a vested interest. I I didn't play with Transformers. But when the next GI Joe comes out, we're going on opening. Oh, night. Nate, no, no, I'll go you one better. You'll be the first person I call. <laughs> If I get a preview screening to G.I. Joe. Dragging. Lon. Yes. Lon, Lon who? It's going to be you. Because if that movie sucks, I want you right next to me. <laughs> so that I can scream my hatred. <laughs> <laughs> Why have you done this to me again? Why did I sit through it? Just reminding you, I want, there's a couple things I want to add to TV. Oh, wait, We're not we there yet. I know, We're I know. not done with movies. I know. No, I want to say, by the way. So we saw G.I. Joe at Century 21, 22. 20 whatever, one or two. Which is now a member of the Cinemark family of theaters. No, it's not. It's the Winchester. Winchester family of theaters. Those three theaters are not involved with Cinemark at all. They're not? Nope. I had no idea. Actually, those four theaters, 21, 22, 23, 24. 24. You know why? Because they want to tear them down. Yeah. Um, so, oh, that's it. I did not know they were separate. They haven't. Yeah, they haven't been Cinemark for years because I had Cinemark gift cards. You can't use them there. Oh, well, you know, I haven't been to one since G.I. Joe, Rise of Cobra. That's terrible because they're the best theaters in the entire they state. Are. Of California, no, the, the, I think the, the, the biggest Cine- biggest screens. Uh, short- I think the Cinerama Dome is probably still the in in, in uh, Hollywood. No, yes, no, <laughs> yes, and maybe one of the Man Chinese theaters is still a bigger screen. 
But those I don't have care all, about the they have, they have fallen on hard times. Uh, but they've fallen on hard times because people aren't going there. The theaters are still awesome. But the Cinemark, the Cinemark, uh, Rick has a gift card. You can use them at Oak Ridge. Um, Cinemark has developed, or Santana Row has de- oh yeah, has developed an app that you can download, and when your movie begins. You can act- download it to your smartphone. To your smartphone. And when the movie begins, you activate the app, and they will reward you for not answering your phone, what? texting, or tweeting. If you activate it, and that's the last thing you do with your smartphone for the duration of the film, they will send you coupons. That is awesome. That is great. So they are rewarding you for not being an ass. They should also put your name up on a website. Yes, you should be guy. in the credits of the movie. <laughs> so you're instantly placed. Oh we would like God. to thank audience members. I <laughs> totally agree with that. I really do. I'm just like, yay. Look, there I am. Hey, look, you did not annoy everyone around you. Um, thanks. <laughs> For acting like we still had a social compact. We're living in a society here. <laughs> we are. Uh, so I'm just really thrilled about that. And next time, if I go to a Cinemark anytime soon, I'm totally down. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Because then my popcorn will only cost me $7. Instead of 12 <laughs> <laughs> So um, anyway, so let's get to television. Wait, there's one more movie thing. No. Really? Is there? World War Z. Z. Oh, I'm yes. so sorry. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Go ahead, No, Nate. as it's you're called upset. now, <laughs> Zombie Ship Troopers. Is that right? Or just... Or you, you did You did put that on. World War Z. That's a sleep sound. I, I know what it is. Unfortunately, it's, it, it doesn't look too restful. I... So... So what we're what let's let's focus on what we're all objecting to here. Let's start at the beginning. I was at work on Monday <laughs> when and a I zombie saw, attack broke out. I saw a little link on the side <laughs> of Facebook that said, Watch the World War Z trailer. And I was like, What? That's already out? So I went to the YouTube and watched the World War Z trailer and I was like I told my buddy, Dude, the World War Z trailer's online. Let's watch it. You're no longer friends. <sighs> really? Why on earth? Can Hollywood not Follow. make a movie that doesn't suck? Well, I mean, the, it it so obviously is not following what is absolutely charming and unique about that book. Well, see, I and, and you don't use the word charming with relation to zombies. No, I know, and I was just actually, I and you know, that is almost. I, I don't use the word charming, but it is unique. What I loved about that novel was the aping of. Studs Terkel's style. Yes. Clearly, Max Brooks is a very creative writer um, and very able to put himself in the heads of other people. Incredibly thoughtful. Incredibly thoughtful. About, about what, what it would be like. And a couple of years ago when I, I, I did run into him at Comic-Con and I was like shaking because I was like, I can't believe you you imitated Studs Terkel. And that's like one of my favorite writers. And he, he was like, oh, thank you for get, you know getting that. And it's just... Um, that you know, so yes, that makes the novel charming. Great. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll go with your word, charming. Yes. Uh, even though a lot of people die, um, and uh, <laughs> in a charming in, manner, in a charming, Gruesome, gruesomely charming. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so I thought about this. It's like, but the thing that I loved about that is kind of untranslatable. Um, although I think, and we talked about it on the podcast a long time ago when they first yeah. announced this project, that what it should be is like an HBO miniseries, and if you mm-hmm. didn't like the Pacific or Band of Brothers and cut to these interviews with people 
and older having survived, you could have done this, and it could have been very episodic, mm-hmm. and I would have been very content with that. So mm-hmm. I knew we knew from the beginning that when you had Brad Pitt as this guy racing around trying to stop the apocalypse, mm-hmm. and that was the log line, okay. well, they're not doing that. So what they bought was a title. But I'm okay with not making it, you know, we're interviewing survivors. I'm not okay with zombies running as fast as cheetahs, uh, creating a pile-up and climbing up the side of a building. They are locusts. Exactly. And so if they couldn't do do what made the book unique, they had to do something to make their movie unique. But it's not unique. A new type of zombie. It's It's I Am Legend. It's... Uh, I'm sorry, there were not that many vampires in I Am Legend. No, but that like the way they move, the way they swarm, stuff like it's just they they are especially super, with superhuman vampires. Especially uh, the, the with the zombies. way The Walking Dead is extremely popular right now. You're gonna take the zombie popularity and say, All right, let's make a movie that everybody's gonna love. Yeah. And everybody's now, going to the hate The thing it. about the book though is that the zombies are slow moving. But there are lots of them. They're exactly. And what they discover throughout the pages of the book is our typical manner of war will not work. We it's have not to find discuss, a new not way to the fight. Pages. That's just that's just one. The Battle of Yonkers. Yeah, uh, great story. And yeah, no, I, mean, I get that. You but know, they underestimate the. No, the, I love that. I mean, yeah, that's the. How do you do? You shock and awe, right. On an enemy that doesn't feel shock. Or awe, oh, yeah, um, or pain. The zombie, the zombie ship troopers scene is you have a bunch of soldiers standing up on this ledge, yeah, and the zombies knock over a bus and they're just swarming, swarming, and these guys are just it's like a riddling them all with fish. bullets, and it's just right out of Starship Troopers when they're shooting those bugs coming out of nowhere, yeah. Well, what about that scene where they're going up the wall? It's just like one one point, and they keep on crawling up the other. It's like ants going up. Exactly. Right, and I know that's what they're trying to do. Yeah. And so, <clears throat> and they're doing it, but they're not supposed so they to gave be it, trying so to do that. So they gave it a unique, uh, you know, that's yeah. their take on the unique. Whether you agree or disagree, I, you know. Like well, the other thing is to put. Somebody that asked me, do I prefer fast zombies or slow zombies, and my answer is still no zombies. <laughs> I think I think if you were actually made to choose, you'd probably choose slow. I prefer well, well sure, because but you why can't I choose no zombies? Thank you. For lack of a better term, I prefer realistic zombies. Marvel zombies? No. I no. I mean, if somebody dies and comes back to life, why do they all of a sudden gain super speed? That's it. I mean, it's a slow zombie. The one that's they that don't even have to be dragging like along. dragging along. I mean, okay, let them run, but they're not Usain Bolt. They're not yeah. a cheetah. Well, right. I don't know. You know, and there's no zombie that goes, "Oh my asthma." Uh, so, <laughs> you know. but they're dead. Right, it's true. Well, the rigor mortis sets in. The, have you seen? They they don't okay, look like look, they're... I've had to think that far enough to to allay my own fears about zombies. Like. Logically, they are the most illogical of monsters. They're decaying. Rigor yeah. mortis set in. There's no way they, their muscles can move. I can escape them. I, I do know that. Should I, the apocalypse actually break it? Sadly, I've thought about this. <laughs> I think they're going with like the plague zombies in this one where they haven't actually – it isn't like an occult zombie thing. It's like they've become infected with something. And yes, so that's, yes, yes, yes. But they're metabolizing differently. There was something, some there was something of, early on where we saw an image of what the, the zombies looked like close up. And like their eyes are swollen shut and – 
they almost look almost more like a classic look back to the I walked with a zombie kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, so, but I, I, I there I I freeze framed the couple of stills during the. By the thing. way, uh, disclaimer: I have never walked with a zombie. Okay. But uh, they don't look. They don't look dead. They didn't look damaged, and they didn't all look no, damaged. No, no, they just so it's so. more like twenty eight days later. Yeah, yeah, I think it's much more like that. Which I don't think counts as a zombie. I don't think they count exactly. as zombies. Right. I was I was much less terrified by that by that film because I realized, look, if you can just last twenty eight days, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when you realize they're alive and they're just starving themselves, just just hide for yeah, twenty eight days. Twenty eight weeks, though. No, that's not what happened in twenty eight weeks later. You have to be David Bowie. Only David Bowie could survive oh. the zombie apocalypse. Did you see 28 Weeks Later? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever that eye, the different eye color thing is called, those yeah. are the guys that are immune to the rage virus. Uh-huh. It's like, oh, David, David Bowie will be king after the zombie outbreak. I haven't seen either one, but I own both. Okay. How's that for blowing your mind? Well, that's interesting. 28 Days Later is really good. I didn't like 28 Weeks Later as much, but I did like 28 Days Later. Plus, Ninth Doctor, Christopher Eccleston, yes. 28 Days Later. Badass. <laughs> Yes, badass, totally nerd. <coughs> Sorry, I, I, I'm just coughing on my thoughts. Your, your glasses have ridden down on your nose a little. I think you they need to always push them do. Off. I need there to get them go. adjusted. That's Thanks. Very... They always do because uh, I have no bridge. Uh, so let's go to television. May we now? Yeah. Yes. Uh, just want to mention a couple things from across the pond. Uh, first of all, that. Uh, Aside from we know we have sad the, when you say pond. I know. I'm sorry. We have the Doctor Who Christmas special coming. We're very excited. This weekend will be the Children in Need uh, benefit te- benefit telethon, which will have like a two to four minute preview or a prequel or I think it's chapter said one. Chapter one to well, you can't call it a prequel if we haven't actually seen, seen the, the episode. I think they use the word wrong. I know they do. I know they do. I'm just saying. Mm, this is what gets the Zorlock up at night. The BBC needs to be corrected and schooled. Yes, tell um, them about English. Yes, we should teach them on their programmy. <laughs> Take that, Christopher J. Garcia. Anyway, um, so uh, yeah, they, an episode that will lead into the Doctor Who Christmas special, which will introduce the new companion as played by the delectable Jenna Louise Coleman. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we don't really know anything about it other than there was a photo, this a press photo uh, was released this week of Matt Smith dressed in sort of a more Victorian outfit. So we're going back into that Dickensian time. That's where all Britain goes during Christmas. That's time. right, especially for the Christmas programmies. All right, so... Um, We're going to have figgy pudding. Ooh, with bacon. All right. Um, sorry, that's a Muppet Christmas Carol uh, throwback. Anyway, uh, and then the BBC is developing a series of Discworld for the Ankh-Mor Park. More pork? Yes, Ankh-Mor Pork. <coughs> the Terry Pratchett series. Uh, Mr. Pratchett is, of course, stricken with uh, Alzheimer's and fading away, but he has anointed his daughter. so there in that series? Like 400? <laughs> it's like, there, there are a lot of... And this I have seen too. your bookshelf, and if you are uh, if you are giving us the criticism that maybe there's too many books, <laughs> there must be a lot. I've actually read about five of them. So, the Color of Magic being the first yes, one. Yes, the I think. Color of Magic, and there there are some characters that carry across two books and they skip. Very and, prolific yeah. author, and and apparently surprisingly very funny, very funny. Uh, but because he wrote cover up with Neil visual. Gaiman, um, it was the name of that book, Good Omens. Good Omens, wrote yeah. with, but. Um, also very adaptable, apparently, to other media because there are actually a couple of stage adaptations that, like, mm-hmm. schools do of his work. So there must be something low-tech enough about the storytelling that e- that will allow you to tell a good story in on Discworld without it being about unbelievable sights. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, the series is called The Watch. 
not to be confused with the movie we saw this summer. Um, and I think it's a more a recent. Movie. It's a more recent uh, series. Yeah, of no, it's, the, it's the last. Done. It's the yeah. la- it's where he left off uh-huh. with the novels, and his daughter is now carrying on with the television series. So uh, that's pretty cool. And then in Italy, and I don't know if we'll ever see it, but um, they had a Fumetti series in the '60s called uh, Diabolique, uh, which was kind of in the vein of uh, Phantomas, which of course Grant Morrison did. There were at least two Phantomics movies <laughs> with John, um, John Philip Law, right? Ninja Diabolique. Anyway, they're doing an anti-hero. They're doing a new television series of this master thief, costumed master thief. Yeah, and uh, I so hope I they, don't, they should keep the costume exactly the same because it is right. so crazy. Uh, I, I, haven't, I haven't seen anything. I don't know if they will, and I don't know if we'll ever see it. But it'd be nice to see. I think we're sophisticated and global enough that something that is comics based that would make its way, you know, exist somewhere. Eventually, we'll see it, and I'm kind of looking yeah. forward to that because I'd like to see what it, what it's all about. And uh, so how close are we caught up on Arrow, which I'm really enjoying? I didn't see last night's episode, but I saw last week with Dead P- Deathstroke. <laughs> Deathstroke, yeah. Yeah, not Deadpool. Good I'd Lord. watch it if Deadpool was in it. Totally. I um, watched episode one, the pilot. Did you enjoy it? I did. I watched three quarters of episode two. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fell asleep, not because it was boring, but because no, it was not. late. It's actually really, really good. Never got back to watching it. Erased about five episodes because I knew I would never catch up. Oh, that's oh. too bad. You know, it's all online. It's on the CW website. Yeah. You can, you can My DVR up. is uh, six hours from being completely full. Okay, well, okay. you can catch up online. And I recommend that you do because actually... <laughs> it's good. The only problem I have is I'm I'm caught up in the overall story arc. Mm-hmm. But when they do these sops to the DC Universe... They're like nobody's identified. Like they brought in China White, which is a character I really didn't know that much about anyway. But China White, just Kelly Hugh, right? Uh, wasn't that who played her? Yeah, came in two fight scenes and she's gone. Like it doesn't Pretty matter. It, it could have been she'll anybody. Be she'll, be it been anybody. You know she'll be back. And the same thing is, I think Deathstroke will be back as well. But Deathstroke yeah. was kind of like it was like, oh, this guy that dresses like Deathstroke only has two eyes comes in. Not at the end. Uh, see, well, yeah, no, I realize that, but but that it was sort of like. Yeah, they didn't do much with him, and whoever was playing him didn't have to speak. But he he was actually well scripted because he's he's <laughs> he's like talking to him. We're the same guy. You you know we yeah. should just team up and no. <laughs> yeah, um, and then the only one that I really thought they did not do a good job with Deadshot. Um, that was a waste, and that was another one where it's like Deadshot comes in, but it could have been anybody. It was so yeah. generic, and instead, and I don't like, and this is. The Hollywood thing they keep doing this is is like let's the, the villains have to die. No, the point of being comic villains is they do they survive live in yeah. perpetuity. Yes. Yeah. So, did you notice the use of the big belly burger? Oh yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot there's of a, there are a lot of references to the. I mean, because they talk about the different cities too. Yeah, and they've been, and I, I read a review of one where they said, did someone did they actually say blood? Haven. Yes. I'm like, no, 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 I'm sorry, that's Bloodhaven. Yes. And uh, there's, a, there's a U and an umlaut in there. Yes. Um, and Blood. I don't I don't know what you find Blood. funny about that because that's where it's Nightwing runs. Tragic story. Oh, the story Blood of Bloodhaven is terrible. Um, so overall, still enjoying that series. Walking Dead, you guys got a you guys oh, got a ball. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm going so to cough away from the microphone. Go ahead. So all your comic book expectations being met? Yeah, I mean, all my expectations of the show are being met. Now, did uh, so right now we've got kind of a bifurcated. We got two storylines going on: mm-hmm, the prison mm-hmm. 
and then the uh, the town. I forgot the name of the Woodbury. Woodbury. Welcome to Woodbury. Woodbury. So, and we've got Merle in Woodbury. That's right. Good old Merle is back. And Merle lost some weight. I just loved. I think it's an ad. I don't remember the arena show being in the comic. Oh, that was in the comic. Was that yeah. in the that comic? Was, well, in the comic, it yeah. was much more savage. It okay. was like. It wasn't. I loved when he says it's fixed. You know, the, the, I do. I actually, I do remember that. Yeah, that's right. Because Derek I, actually read a little bit of the comic, and then for some reason, did. inexplicably stopped yeah. reading the comic. Despite you, it's so good. I, 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 I was, I was kind of sure that they had done something like it, but I didn't know if they'd done the the WWF zombie style of. It's, I think, if I recall, was it like people that. Were they killing the zombies, Derek? Do you remember, or were they fighting each other with the zombies like around, possibly able to bite them? It was sort of like a yeah, more like a Roman Colosseum thing. Like the dangers there, but they're they're um, fighting humans. The it humans are on, fighting. It with depends the ring. on how bad the crime was. Or, or That's, what right. it was people that got in trouble had to do that, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. See, but so this is entertainment. In the show, it's entertainment. They have Merle and another guy who's always well. On yeah, watch. no, it's still meant as entertainment, but yeah, yeah. Right, but these were just like they're putting on a show. They cut the it's teeth a little out less of blood and circus movie. and a little more WWF or WWE or whatever it is now. Uh, just Andrea is on my nerves again. Yeah, can't stand her. What about uh, Michonne? Michonne is awesome. Yeah. They, I don't know what they could do. She's she's Sherlock Holmes, dude. She's not like, only is she Sherlock Holmes, but I don't know what they could do to make her more badass. Yeah, that move she did when she took the sword back from the governor. Uh huh. The spin around. Yeah, with, yeah, that was awesome. And then she got the lip quiver, like I'm gonna cut your head off, dude, if yeah. you don't back up. I'm not sure I can hold <laughs> myself back here. <laughs> but the uh, the governor sitting down for a late night view of the aquariums. Well, that was good. And then the creepiest ad, though, because this didn't happen. I would remember this. There was no scene in the comic where the governor is is brushing his daughter's yes. hair. Yes. No. Yeah. Really? He's got his zombie dog. Oh, I've got to yeah. go back and read. And no, yeah. I, know, I know she's got a do- zombie no, daughter. No, he brushes her hair. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, remember. I remember that. It was very, it was creepy. Oh, yes. It was creepy in the comics. Uh, it gets, did, they, did the hair pull out? I don't pull remember off. if it did in the comic yeah. or not. That was. Well, that sounds lovely yeah, yeah you're missing out i am um, spoilers on <laughs> i thought I, she was just chained up in the corner and she didn't have the straight jacket he or the threw head food bag in or for her. i remember that i don't remember him putting a bag over her head <laughs> putting her back in a closet then. did you watch the talking dead afterwards of course and chris Ardrick saying how many parents have wanted to do that yeah. put, put a straight jacket on the child <laughs> put a bag on their head send them down for the night not me not you never it's because you're a good father i try it's true Thank you. Um, I was in the comic shop, and Neil at Hijinx has a theory. Okay. That shout out to Neil. Spoilers on for both the comic book and the TV show. Do we want to add my spoiler segment at the end? Let's I think now that we're asking, I, I don't, I, I don't know because this is speculation. This is not spoilers on. This okay, is this is well, there is a spoiler for the comic and the show if you haven't watched the show and if you're way behind on the comic. Let's debate that. Let's debate. <laughs> just go. If you don't want to hear a spoiler because you haven't watched the last episode, then turn it off now. He thinks Lori is not dead, even though that zombie ate her and has a huge gut from eating an entire person. And is so full that he's sitting on the floor. 
and he thinks she's not dead in the comic. Okay. In the because how you're caught up pretty much on the comic, right? Yeah. So, I'm like six issues back from current. Before they got to, when they first got to the um, community they're in, right, where the guy was like running the place, and then he ended up getting bit, and Rick took over, or whatever happened. Right, right. The 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 actual homes. Right. The the two scouts that found them, one of them had been stabbed or attempted to be stabbed. Uh-huh. And they said some crazy lady was stabbing people. He is convinced that the crazy lady is Lori. Lori. And he's also convinced, but for d- some reason, that she's not dead. But didn't her son put her down with But the you didn't guy? see it. You didn't see it, I know. But it Rick makes, finds the bullet. He, exactly. He found the bullet. There's drag marks, and there's a zombie sitting there with a, f- a huge gut. Certainly circumstantial evidence. But Certainly circumstantial. However... And there's yellow hair all over the zombie's face. But Lori doesn't have yellow hair. She has brown hair. Hmm. You just blew Rick's All right, it was the director who said yellow hair, didn't he? I think he just said Lori's hair. But, I mean, he said... Neil's thing is they've they've said things before and things have happened that were opposite of what they've said. Interesting. But, I mean... There are three graves there. One of them is empty because it's Lori's. One of them has T-Dog in it, and the other one has Carol, but nobody found Carol. Right. They found her scarf. No, she's one that I I think could still be alive back Exactly. I Carol. agree. I think she's living. Okay. But if she's alive, why didn't she just come outside? Yeah. That's what I want to know. Poor T-Dog. T-Dog died a hero. Yes, he did. And he also died so he doesn't have to face Merle. That's right. <laughs> Alrighty, and Derek still doesn't watch the show despite our every effort. <clears throat> no, no, I, I don't, and it is in spite of you. Um, it's not really. I just, and, and, you know. So, did you have anything else for TV? I did want to just throw out that I, I got an email again today, just to point out something. Save your shekels. Unfortunately, not coming out in time for Christmas. Uh, being released on January eighth, two thousand thirteen. Dread is coming to home video, and we missed it. But everybody talked about how how good it was, even though it tanked. So I just want to call attention to it now. Cool. Well, I'll have to get that so I can see it since it's not in theaters. Or at least right. Netflix it. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, it won't be on Netflix for a while. It's uh, yeah. pay-per-view and on-demand uh, digital download. I can wait. Yeah, well, we'll have to. Anyway, so that's it. And the only uh, the only other thing I'd note is, even though I, I doubt any of us uh, actually got it, uh, the Wii U came out this week, which included the Batman Arkham City Armored Edition. Oh, interesting. So the first time that that, that, that has gone into the Nintendo platform. And uh, so I have no idea. I was just kind of curious if anybody had even seen it demoed. and uh, Not at all. Didn't know. Surprise. No. I'm still unclear on what makes the Wii U happen. Um, what do you mean happen? Well, you know, it's got it's got the control that has the screen in the control. Right. So I wasn't sure. I, I heard it was like dual, and then now I've seen an ad where it's, it implies Depends on that how the thing's programmed. And that you can turn the television off. Somebody else can watch something else on TV right. while you're playing on that. Right. Why not just have a Game Boy? And uh, I don't know. And then apparently there's a weird game called Spin the Bottle with that. Uh, that what a weird game. Oh, no, no, no. 
Wait till the description. Apparently, every icon is um, avatar is. Uh, it's gonna be follow us. This is gonna be here. Ooh. What? Yeah. So I'll look it up. Apparently, yes. Uh, apparently, this is an accepted Nintendo game, which was developed by a guy whose previous experience as game programmer was all porn games. Nice. What? That's interesting. Given and it's Nintendo's, the one. And it is uh, the one game that exists only on the controller. It doesn't go to the television screen. It only goes to the controller. What? And yeah, you're gonna look this up, Nate. And then tomorrow, okay. put yeah. your order in. Put your order. No. Okay. Actually, I just I want to jump back to TV for a second because sure, we're there. Uh, are you watching uh, Comic Book Man? Absolutely. And, and uh, Toy Hunter. Yes. So. Toy Hunter, I wanted to get your your thoughts on the, that uh, guy, the Super GI Joe collector, who had the space station and the uh, and the um, was it an aircraft carrier. Or? I had the aircraft carrier when I was a kid. Yeah, you did I with did. the with the boats. That... Still have it in my garage. <sighs> my dad threw it away. Oh, we still have ours. But that that uh, space shuttle thing was amazing. You did see that part. Right? I. Don't remember it. It was like a launch I, I don't pad think for, I've missed one. I'm, for a space shuttle. There's anyway. a possibility that my DVR messed up because it was so full and didn't record it. The thing, the the thing about comic book men, book men that I wanted to bring up, and maybe we can get Car D'Angelo to to ring in on this. They every show features two or three people coming into the shop to sell things mm-hmm. occasionally buy but the selling is usually more interesting because it surprises yeah. the shopkeepers with what they want right. and stuff i'm wondering if because of this show more people are taking more random stuff into comic book shops to uh, and particularly in i don't know in i'm thinking la is probably a bigger area than up here for people trying to turn stuff over. Like, hey, I saw a comic book, man. Somebody stole this, and I realized I have it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't I, I don't know. I know that Carr has done a, what has happened a lot in the last year is a lot of older creators are selling their stuff yeah. because they have big collections of comp stuff and need the money for whatever reason. So I know a lot of that has been happening, and I don't know if we, if we can say it's more so than ever, but it seems to be a lot of people have liquidated their collections for whatever reason. But I'm wondering how many people are watching Comic Book Man and I saying... Can tell, I can tell you that I've gotten uh, at least three emails from acquaintances, not like not listeners or readers of Fanboy Planet, though I assume that as acquaintances they might actually, asking where could they go to sell, to sell stuff because... And and I think I, I don't think it's necessarily because of watching that any more so than like eBay has done, um, that what is going on is a lot of people are realizing, boy, I got a lot of books. Yeah. That I'm never going to read again. And so might as well see if I can turn it around and make a profit. Because you hear about all these books being worthwhile, and you go, no, you don't. You probably have, like my collection turned out to be a whole lot of Lords of the Ultra Realm. <laughs> okay. So. Um, what? Oh, God. That was a horrible. Doug Mench, Doug Mench and uh, the Pat Broderick, I want to say. Weird series from D.C. in the 70s, or the 80s, rather. And you loved it? Not so really. I just so. bought it, and I just remembered, like you know, the, being mocked specifically for that by Neil at hijinks when he was at Big Guys, going, <laughs> "Lords of the Ultra Realm." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I bought everything. Shut up! Don't judge me. I bought everything. 
so that's it. That's all I have for this okay. week. Is that all you guys have for this week? So yep. If you have any questions, comments, compliments, commentary, write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. If you are listening to this on iTunes, be sure to rate us and to subscribe and please tell your friends you can listen to us on the stitcher app you can listen to us by going directly to www.fanboyplanet.com and yes i must ask of course if you really like us go ahead and feel free to drop a little something on the paypal or if you want to buy a book from amazon i know people do uh go ahead and use the amazon link on the side or if there's a product that we have written about there's usually a direct link attached to that so please Go ahead and do that. Um, in the meantime, and until the next time we meet, and beyond that, I'm Derek McCaw. I am Nate Costa. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder, reminding you to use, use your, your powers, powers only for, for good. good. Once again, to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com.